0: Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. With me tonight is Ian. Hey, everybody! And Sean. I'm here. And of course, Jen. Hello. Hello? That's all we get is a hello.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, she had to mute. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight?
2: Not too bad.
0: Very good. Surviving. Yeah?
3: Allergies. are Allergies. are All right. Yes. yes.
2: So, Brian and I are the only ones who are not under the weather tonight.
0: Apparently not. You know, this has not been a terrible allergy season for me. Um. So, yeah. So, I'm doing good.
1: You know, Mac, technically, we're all under the weather.
0: That's yes, right. The weather's above us. We're below it. I guess that's technically how it works, right?
2: Yeah. Morally, I'm above the weather. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you take the high ground.
0: Oh, I do. Very good. Okay, <laughs> we got some housekeeping. You ready? Okay. We got an email. Subject: I love the show.
1: Yay! Yay!
0: Yeah. So we got some <laughs> feedback from uh, the the uh, from uh, it looks like Jamie and Laura, Laura, and uh, they uh, they appreciate the show. And uh, we appreciate them letting us know that they like the yep. show. That was that was they, great to get a little uh, oh go ahead.
3: Then they said the show was a breath of fresh air and that felt great.
0: So Fair. were they listening to our show?
3: I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't call they didn't I they didn't to say we were hot air. Yeah, they didn't say <laughs> we were full of hot air, so they
0: didn't call us a bunch of ploshers. Exactly. <laughs> and also um I got some feedback from uh Brian from Warning Radio. Um you know we talked about the uh, the safe space uh, um products and um and he he has the information on you know how how, how these people claim that they work and all of that. And uh, I asked him for an interview which he said he would love to do. So I'm going to get together um with uh Brian and Baxter from Warning Radio and uh do an interview with them on the uh, um, on the Safe Space products, and, and probably also I think that the main one that, you know, that they're interested in is uh, the Jeff Peckman one, which is basically the same thing. So um, so we'll talk to them about that, and so that'll be upcoming in a future show. We'll have an interview with them. So I'm excited to do that. And, uh, of course, a reminder, Camp is coming up on June 26th. But I bet it's full by now. Um, they had um, yeah. Last there night, was
3: ten slots open like three or four days ago.
0: Yeah, the last email I got from uh, from Rich Orman said that there were two slots available. So they're gonna let people start signing up beyond eighty, um, okay. so that they'll so that they can be kind of in reserve. So if somebody doesn't show up. You know they can you know they right. can be an alternate so yeah. we're now accepting alternates for Camp.
3: and it is confirmed pretty much now that uh, me you and Brian the other Brian are going to be doing the panel on podcasting right
0: right and I think Nigel his co-host will also be with us um, okay. I, we have I that has not been confirmed I don't think but yeah um, and so we we are going to be doing that um, I, I signed us up for that and I don't know what time we're gonna be doing that but um, we did do that it it's kind of funny. I was uh, I was um, promoting that on um, uh, the PGL lobbycast. Somebody's Mind do a gaming podcast, and uh, you know, thinking about the fact that I'm going to be up talking in front of people, man, I got nervous. You know, just promoting the podcast on their. Podcast, <laughs> or the stuff it, it, it's
3: easier than you think. Like I've I've done it a few times for Mile Highcon for my writing. It's actually not that hard. It, it's you just sit there and you don't really think about it too much. Just start talking, and it's easier than you think. Really. All right.
0: Well. I've talked in front of people before, but you know it always makes me nervous, and it was just funny that I got so nervous just telling telling people that I'm gonna be talking to in front of a group. you know it's like one thing be behind a microphone you know that that's easy, you know I can get on their podcast, whoever's podcast i that i that I can do now, but um, but yeah, talking in front of people and telling people that I'm gonna be talking in front of people, man, I got so nervous. it was so funny, but I listened to it later, and you couldn't tell how nervous I was, so yeah, it came across okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> all right, so we um we're moving on to uh okay. to WTF are they thinking? So what what is this all about? Uh, a shooting? Well,
3: the, the, the article itself is about um a burglar broke into a house um started shooting, and the owner of the house pulled out his gun and killed the burglar. Well. Uh, we, we amateur skeptics are trying to avoid the political issues but this article is a perfect example of extremism and gun control is definitely one of those things that we see extremism on both sides in this case if you read the article um, the homeowner who is basically defending himself could possibly b- be brought up on charges because in Chicago it's illegal to possess guns Right, and it's one of those things where it's like you're you're ignoring so much of the real important stuff to focus on what to me seems a bit trivial and you know has been a perfect case of someone taking their stance way too far. You know, there's a certain level where both sides of the gun control issue or go to extremes, and the real truth is it's one of those issues where the true results lie in the middle. If you want things to work, you they, they, you get to the middle point on this issue. This is one of those issues that's definitely a middle point that works the best. And what we're seeing, you know, this is one of those um, incidents that bring up the extremism from both sides. You know, this is uh, the type of thing that you have both sides of it coming in and declaring how this is a perfect example why they're right. And in the end, it's a perfect example why both of them are wrong. And it's it just, to me, one of those interesting things, because they're talking about how the, the homeowner himself, they're more concerned with whether or not he's going to be brought up on charges for just having the gun. That um,
2: would be a that would be a court nightmare, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, it,
2: I mean, I know, it's... Yeah. The guy is a war hero. He's a Korean War veteran. Um... He's 80 years old, and apparently a crack shot. Sounds so like it. yeah. So he's, he's like ready-made to be a, a media darling right there.
3: Oh, yeah. And if you look, there's been some other stuff like this in the past that has come up. And in general, it kills the, those extreme gun laws.
0: So well, that, that's probably what's going to happen. To well, us. the 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 Supreme Court has already ruled on this, and they ruled against you know Washington D.C.'s gun law, saying it wasn't constitutional. Right. That those people were allowed to own guns, which which makes Chicago's gun law unconstitutional as well. Right. And so I, I'm having trouble figuring out how to you know how to really talk much more about this without getting too political. Right. Um th- those are the facts as we know it.
2: Well, I mean let's let's go with our own personal views on it. We don't have to get political for our personal views.
0: My personal view is that it was self defense. And that prosecuting the prosecuting him would just be prosecuting the victim in this case. Yeah,
3: agreed. Yeah. And that's the thing. It, you know, these gun controlists get to such an extreme level. It's it's no different from any other kind of extremism. We've talked about that on other things. You know, we've talked about it with global warming stuff like that. And this is you know once more people taking their personal views to such an extreme level. They have to force everyone else to live by their standards, and you get stupid issues like this coming up because of that.
0: See, but and here's the thing is, you know, I own guns. I have two guns, you know, not far from me now. So I'm I'm definitely pro gun.
2: I own bows. I'm the guy that uh, if there's ever an, an intruder that breaks in, I'll be saying, "I'm sorry, <laughs> officer. I only meant to wound him, but my bow went off six times." <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but but I, no. one thing I'm curious about here is the the article the, the original article about the fatal shooting of the intruder it says the intruder began firing at the person who's interviewed was the son. He says he began firing at my parents at which point my father fired back, killing the intruder. It almost implies that uh, the homeowner basically dropped him in one shot. Which, That's what it sounds
3: like to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's
2: what? the implication. And I'm I'm curious to see if if it was a one shot thing, if it was a one, if it was a if he just basically fired back once and dropped him that easily, or what happened there? I mean, it, it wasn't even necessarily intended to be a fatal shooting if he only fired once. It doesn't sound like he stood over him and, and you know, emptied the clip.
0: No, it sounds like he defended himself. Yeah. And when, and, when well, the, and when the problem was neutralized, he didn't fire again.
3: Yeah. And that says he himself knows exactly how to handle a gun And Yeah,
0: and the other thing is that if this guy was already firing then this guy was just defending himself, and had he not have, had a gun, he might be extremely
3: dead. extremely
2: clear self-defense, yeah.
0: yes. Well, and this is the problem. You know, if we outlaw guns for, you know, for, for everybody and say that, you know, no citizens, you know, are allowed to have guns, then only criminals will have guns.
2: Right. And That's the and, phrase. When out when guns are outlawed, only
3: outlaws will have guns.
2: Exactly,
0: yeah. And we see that in England, you know, and, and you know, there, there's movements there to get their guns back.
3: All right. But at the same time, we ha- it has to be regulated. You can't just be saying anyone that walks in can easily get a license to get a concealed weapon.
0: No, I think you, know, that, you
3: have yeah. to have a a, a a a level of common sense regulations going with this. But we're
0: not talking they,
2: about a concealed yeah, weapon. Yeah, we're not we're talking, talking about, about a weapon. handgun for home
3: defense. Right. Right. But with, still, you yes. you you have the extremists that would like to say that anyone that walks into a, a gun store should be able to buy a gun without a background check, without anything, and that's going too far the other way.
0: Yeah, I. I agree with yeah. that. I, I think and, and that's a, yeah. Go ahead. Our, our gun laws that we have here in, in Colorado are pretty good. I mean, they they do a background check before they let you buy a handgun, and and that right. includes you All know right. go, going down to you know these uh, these events that they have. Um, you know, they have tables set up where people can go. It costs about it costs ten bucks, ten or twenty dollars to uh, get yourself a, uh, a you know uh, a background check so that you can go purchase a gun
3: and that's how it should be you know the 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 medium works if if both sides are willing to say okay yeah you're we'll work together to make sure but like i said extremism that's the whole point It, it it doesn't work either way you have to really in just any case you ever see extremism you get stupid
1: results
0: yeah absolutely yep all right jen you there
1: Yes. I, I need here. you to, to yeah, tell me. I need okay. you to tell
0: me about uh, Christian evangelicals and how the uh, Pentagon is protecting them.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, I have to find the article because I don't remember offhand what his name is. So,
0: yeah. Um, the, so this gentleman. Weinstein. Yes. Weinstein. Yeah.
1: And I've I've heard him speak before. I remember um, hearing him on PR, but basically, there's a. An evangelical bent in the Pentagon, and uh, the one thing that particularly pissed me off was sights, rifle sights, was it that had some sort of symbol etched onto them?
0: Yeah. Okay. What this was was um, was rifles that were being sold to to the armed forces um by a company by the name of uh, where is it? I know it's in here. Anyway, um, and he uh, he threatened to sue them. Um. To and uh, they 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 removed it so that uh, and and these soldiers were allowed to remove all that stuff as well. So that that one was taken care of. But that was pretty bad. That you know this company was basically selling um, these rifles, and they had put. Um, uh, it was
1: inscribed with uh, coded references to... to the passages in the New Testament. Right. Right. And the company that was making them was called Trigicon. Trigicon. Trigicon Yeah. Yeah. To be my guess. Yeah. 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 J I C O N.
0: Yeah, I heard about so, that. So that was
1: back in January. Um, but also, he, he was pressuring the Pentagon to withdraw an invitation to Reverend Franklin Graham, who is known for his Islamophobic oratory. And uh, so, generally, he he keeps an eye on what's going on in the Pentagon, looking for overt leanings towards religious. Favorism.
0: Right. He's a big advocate of the separation of church and the state, but yet he is defending people's right to have a religion here and to have their own religion and not to be persecuted for it, which is what I really appreciated um, about this gentleman. Right. Because one of the things is is that you know they they, um, they talk about him trying to corrupt Christian values essentially, but yet the majority of his clients are Christians and uh, you know Catholics and Protestants who uh, who are being persecuted. And the story talks uh, starts out talking about a gentleman who was you know persecuted for being a Jew. Yeah. Right. And he himself
3: uh, went through it all here in at the um, Air Force Academy down in Colorado Springs.
0: Right. Yep. So, so yeah. He, he, yeah.
3: It's nasty sounding what he must have gone through. It says he was beaten unconscious twice. Yeah. It's like by your own people. You know, these are people that are supposed to be your teammates. And just over one stupid little religious issue, they beat him unconscious. How how do you build up a strong brotherhood with that kind of an attitude?
2: Well,
0: you don't. I mean, they're advocating separation.
3: Now,
2: my thought on this is that our armed forces are for the defense of all Americans, not for some you know, half-witted crusade into the Holy Land again. Right. Right. And it almost seems like that's the direction that, that they want to go.
0: Well, uh, certainly there's a push for that, and the Pentagon hasn't uh, put their foot down about it, is what it looks like. Um, you know, well, you
3: hear some people talking about how we are at war with Islam right now. It's like, no, we're not at war with Islam. <laughs> we're at war with a group who follows that religious belief. We're not at war with the other religious beliefs because it we to have— extreme. Uh-huh.
0: You know, right. my understanding but is that uh, Hezbollah has good health benefits. That, that doesn't mean that we <laughs> should support them.
2: Uh, you know, it, it, I like the bit in the last part of the article that where they're talking about um, Weinstein's arguing is basically saying that that these groups that are, that are trying to religionize the armed forces are the flip side of the Taliban. Right. Yep. They're basically... They're the opposite side of Islamic officers exercising Quranic leadership to raise a jihadi army.
3: You know, right, And we very much have that going on in our country right now.
0: It's a bit scary if you ask me. You know, this whole thing is – is here's the thing, though, is that there's a certain stereotype that we're all prone to. If I told you that a gentleman, um, you know, strapped a bomb to himself and got onto a bus and blew up the bus, what religion is he? Right. There is only one that, that, that we would guess – and uh, it's unfortunate blow that up a that, bus
2: like, because if we were Christian, they'd blow up an
0: abortion clinic.
2: Come <laughs> that's on. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, actually, and, you I'm know, so sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: And I should I should just spend that where that where I got that was from a book uh, by uh, Sam Harris called The End of Faith, and that's how he oh, and that's how he starts the book is with a gentleman, you know, getting on a bus and blowing up the bus. And, of course, you know, his family celebrates this man. And and nobody has to tell you what religion he is. You can guess.
1: Yeah. But and if you go back far enough in, you know, the Christian faith, you'll find that sort of extremism at the beginning of the religion. Well, uh, I mean... And people yeah. throwing themselves into the lions.
0: Yeah. Well, look at the Inquisition. Yeah. Not exactly a very peaceful it, It's time. still
1: there, though. Was, there is a
3: website, I believe it's called armyofchrist.com, that basically celebrates... Um, Oh, these guys who go and blow up abor- abortion clinics. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's about turning them into heroes. It's a very disturbed site. Well, this uh, this article. So it's also, still there.
0: Yeah, this article talks about uh, some people called the navigators, which I I hadn't heard of before, and uh, uh, so I'll have to do some uh, more research about them. But man, some of the stuff that they say sounds very much, you know, like. Um, you know that very saying, extreme. yeah, very extreme. Much you like, much like the you know extremists. You would be hard to tell the difference between what they're saying and what the extreme is, extremist Islam is saying. Right. So so there's a good representation of that as well. But you know my thing is why is it a Christian value to feel superior and to inform other people that they're going to hell? If these people were actually true practicing Christians, wouldn't they just turn the other cheek and walk away? Wouldn't that be all that was? Would there ever be in... The the, the conflict wouldn't happen. They could just walk away and, you know, and, and you know... feel, and
3: feel the, smug in well, their you superiority. <laughs> yeah, you guys have all met Howard, and one of the things he likes to say, he talked about when dealing with religion, is if you look at Christ, Christ didn't care about being right at all. He cared about doing what was right. And... That that really, uh, you know, you, you study some of that. That really seemed to be more of his message. Don't worry about being right. Don't worry about being proven right. Don't worry about people telling you you're right. But just do what is right. Do what you know is right.
1: Well, he also and said to keep your systems. religion okay. to yourself and be private about sure. your yes. celebration.
0: Now, if these people are right. doing wrong, should we spank them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, only if they're not kids.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So adults, See, it's okay this to... Is listen- long- That's S&M. If you're spanking spanking adults, it's S&M, sir. Not on adults. It's it's S&M if you're spanking adults, sir.
3: (laughs) Yes, and you can get paid for it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can. All right. All right. So tell me about the long-term effects of spanking.
3: Well, I'm not surprised. I've seen some other studies like this talking about how um, generally your more violent offenders in prisons and stuff were at the minimum spanked. The majority of the violent offenders in a prison have been spanked at the minimum. In general, your non-violent kids are not spanked. There, there is a link to that, right. and um, here's some stuff about you know a study looking at that kind of thing. And um, where was it? Da da da. <laughs> but you read through it, and it goes into um, basically was well, the odds of a child being more aggressive at age five increased by fifty percent if he had been spanked more than twice in the month before. The- so uh, you know it, it goes to the idea of you bring your kids up with violence, they're more likely to think violence is
0: acceptable. Well, and the other point that they made is that when you spank, it becomes less effective each time that you do it. And right. So. so,
3: you know, the, the violence, you know, oh, well, it doesn't hurt as much. So it, it gets in their head that, you know, hitting people doesn't, isn't as bad. And the, the, there's so many obvious mentality to me when, when looking at spanking that this report goes over. And it doesn't surprise me one bit because you can see that even like in animals and stuff. You want a dog to be violent, you beat the dog. Right. You don't treat it nice. You know? So if we are animals and we're going to have the same kind of natural um, habits. Yeah. You beat us, we won't be more likely to beat others to be violent towards others. Well. And spanking
0: yeah. is beating. Yeah, well, and one thing that that was very good about this article is that they didn't just say don't spank. They they said you know they said the best thing that you can do is to give the child a timeout where where you don't respond to them negatively or positively. You just take a timeout right. and let them try and, uh, and figure it out. Yeah, get a grip on for you themselves.
3: That's do with my boys. And the thing is, you don't let them, you you, put, you make sure their bedrooms do not have TVs and video games and all this other stuff, so that they're removed from being able to really do anything fun. That's the other thing. You put them in a sterile bedroom. Say, okay, you sit on your bed. The most you can do is read. But you stay in here until you calm down, and we'll talk about what happened. That's what we do with our boys. Mm-hmm. You know, and then after we're done, we talk about. It. We say, okay, why did you go in there? You know, we make sure they understand. This is why you were sent there. This is, you know, because of these actions you committed. That's why you were taken out of being able to do anything fun for a little while, and it works. I,
2: I would say metal sweatbox outside is even a better step than that. <laughs>
0: oh, man, this is why I'm building a we'll build padded room. For you. I'll help you build it. Yeah, I'm yeah. building a padded room. No, we'll build room it for you. For you
3: <laughs> so that when you misbehave, put you in and see how well it works. There you
2: go. That doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 My set. Okay, okay. But does, does spanking lead to the Alright, so let me
2: ask you, who here who here here as a child was spanked?
0: Uh very rarely, but yes. Yeah, they they okay, tried on
3: me once or twice and it grew up. It never helped.
2: Okay. I remember one
3: right, time. So,
1: yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. so we've all we've all experienced some form of spanking. And we grew up relatively well-adjusted.
1: Well, adjusted. You well know how, what, how about- at, look at a, okay, what the okay. ratio they said yeah. twice in the previous month. So <clears throat> if it happened twice in the last month, the chances of it happening on a fairly regular basis prior to that are probably increased.
0: They're, they're not talking about... So in other either. words,
2: if, if they're spanking too extreme, then the child becomes... Inert to violence.
0: Well, you know, if they're the not thing, spanking that,
2: you extreme. Know, if it's used as a as a rare, rare thing they, and as a as a uh, threatened punishment <laughs> and a dreaded punishment, then but
0: you know what they don't, say, my bad they, they don't say. They don't say. You know what? You. They they didn't. We, we would have to read the study to get more specifics here because they don't say. They, they you know they're kind of vague about that. And and I think that the that's they're intentionally being vague about that is you know in this article because. I, I think that there's some bias here, perhaps, or maybe, oh, yeah. or no, there's I mean, definitely a slant. Yeah, um, there's definitely a slant here. There's definitely some bias. Um, so, so we would have to see the uh, the actual study that was done to see how often were the people really spanking. I would, I would imagine that it's not the occasional SWAT that 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 uh, um, that they're referring to. Yeah, twice
1: to. a month is yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But like in my case, like just, I can go. honestly. Go yeah. I, I can honestly
3: say that the few times I got spanked. Did nothing. It did not change my habits at all. It actually, if anything, it made me think, okay, how can I get away with this in the future without doing this? It, 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 the punishment never So it made it harder. <laughs> but, but it didn't
2: make me. I want to see a to new study done on this. I want to see a new study done on this with a pair of twins, one of whom doesn't get spanked, one of whom gets spanked all the time. And let's see what happens. <laughs> let's make it a good um, thing. If you are
1: study. raising those children together, do you remember the movie The Butterfly Effect? It was a crappy movie, but remember he went back in time and he told the father, you can't touch the girl. So then the boy wound up getting beat all the time. It backfired. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> it was a crappy movie.
2: <laughs> I didn't see the movie. Yeah, don't rush out this. Well, see it movie. Well, it had Aston Kusher, Kutcher. 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 Pretty much
1: goes
3: hand
2: in
0: hand, doesn't <laughs> it? Kutcher. It, it's, yeah. it actually
3: right. was one of his better movies. <laughs> That's sad. That is so sad.
0: All right. Moving and on. it had
3: some good stuff in it. It also had some really stupid stuff, but it was a mixture.
0: Great. Yeah. All right. Moving <laughs> What's on. Next? We're moving on. We're going on. We're gonna talk about detox. And I don't think spanking leads to detox. I think that uh that this is a completely other social phenomenon that leads people to think that detoxing is a good thing. Okay. I, I just
3: noticed the name of the lady who wrote this, Neo Neopagan. <laughs> <laughs> That's her
1: name.
0: That's her name.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's actually no pagan. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm
3: gonna
0: mispronounce it. Okay, so, I'm gonna
3: mispronounce it just because it sounds better.
0: All right, so so this—I
2: have to agree with you on that.
0: Stop. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Brian. Thanks, thanks for permission to read my story. <laughs> so it starts out talking about how this is insane—that one in twenty women would rather give up a limb than be obese. Which I find interesting, considering that what our, how how obese is our society at this point? It's more than one in twenty, isn't it?
3: Yeah, but I completely believe yep. that ratio. Okay. that's that, that's extremely believable. Okay,
0: I, yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, really, that uh, that's almost irrelevant to the rest of the article because the rest of the article is pretty good about going through about the dangers of detox and uh, so one of the things is so. It starts off, um, you know, detox is, uh, when these people are detoxing, basically they end up just drinking a lot of liquids, they're not taking any proteins, and they end up drinking a lot of stuff that, number one, tastes bad, and number two, really isn't doing much for you. Um, they, they talk about, um, you know, I've seen the cayenne pepper detox and vinegar and, and all of these, and... Your body is quite capable of detoxing on its own. That's why you have, a, you know, a liv- the liver and the kidneys. The, the body is already filtering this stuff. So there's no—I there, mean, number one, there's probably nothing there really to detox. Um,
1: Unless you're eating lead paint chips. <laughs>
0: well, but, the, but the, then these detoxes aren't going to get the lead out. I mean, really—and I, I don't know. I know that chelation therapy is good for certain types of heavy metals— um, and, and so, like, chelation therapy, which really is most of the time extremely dangerous in certain circumstances for dealing with certain heavy metals, is is probably okay. Um, under, direct under, yeah, supervision. oh yeah, under, with it, yeah, under, <laughs> under a doctor's care. Um, otherwise it kills. Yeah. So it can be quite dangerous, mainly, um, Your body is mostly just losing water at this. When you're using this for weight loss, you're mostly just losing water um, when when you do this. So you detoxify and you're drinking all these liquids and you're flushing out your body and you lose weight initially and it's all water until your body replaces that. And if you do lose a significant amount of weight, the article says that this is probably mostly muscle and when this starts to happen the body uh, recognizes that yeah basically it looks like you're starving and so mm-hmm. it slows down your metabolism so that when you do go back to actually eating your body is capable of of gaining weight m- with less um with uh, less calories than it was prior to the detox so this so you're going to get so you might lose some weight but then you're going to get this huge weight gain because the body's trying to recover from the shock you just put it through
1: well, not only recover, but go, oh, shit, there's a famine. I better build up the stores of fat and energy in my body.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, exactly. And- um, my wife pointed out that uh, even losing 20 pounds rapidly will cause your body to think that it's gone into starvation mode. And you stop, you basically cannot lose weight no matter what you do at that point because the body will hold on to everything it possibly can.
0: right. And, and, if, and if you do eat anything, it's going to hold every single calorie it can get because you, because it's all you're going to get. But what was, The other
2: thing, too, is the muscle tissue that you're losing most is the one that's working the most often, which is the heart.
0: Okay, this study and didn't so, talk about any of that stuff, so I don't have anything to verify that. If, um, if you have something that, that actually um, correlates to that, that I'd, I'd like to see it. But this, this particular study doesn't, doesn't talk about what muscle mass you're losing. Okay, so but in general,
1: muscle mass burns more calorie at rest. Exactly. So you're actually. Well, I'm
2: I'm going to make an appeal to authority.
1: Burn calories.
2: (laughs) I'm under the I'm going to make an appeal to authority under the my wife says doctrine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, uh, which is why I'd like to see some evidence. (laughs) (laughs) So what and said is that even a skinny woman needs at least twelve thousand calories a day. And so, uh, so it doesn't 100. twelve
2: thousand or twelve
0: hundred calories a day, <laughs> which is enough to put the body into the shock. But not only, uh, you know, <laughs> are you losing muscle mass, the, the body, the, the your metabolic rate goes down. Um, after a few days of this, your body starts to. Um, Stop producing certain hormones, particularly the it's the i g f1 growth hormone it stops producing it reduces your thyroid hormones and it reduces insulin levels and and then it says other hormones it doesn't say so I can see this would be particularly well, it talks about
2: reducing sex drive
0: which is a bad thing so I think. <laughs> So and it's well, they, you the you look, no comment.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, well, they follow the sex drive thing up by saying, "And what good is a hot body if you can't summon the energy to use it?"
0: Right. So, yeah. So ultimately, detox is incredibly dangerous because it messes with your hormones, it messes with your metabolic rate, and it, you're encouraging your body to deplete um, energy stores that it has on hand. And and muscle is the first thing to go, not fat. So, yeah. So.
3: And, and mi- many of the crash diets that are out there are like that as w- well.
0: I, can you think of you one know. that's not? What? Can you think of a crash diet that's not? The, you, you, it's a starvation We're diet. Not right off the bat, no. No, I, I can't. <sighs> think of that.
3: I, I, but I, I've heard a lot of stuff about st- some of the diets presented on, like, Biggest Loser. Some of the people from Biggest Loser had problems after the show. Because the dieting they were taught there was more or less a crash diet to lose the weight really fast. And once they were done with that part, the body basically tried to get back into the way it was before and they put the weight back on.
0: Well, that's one of the problems with those kinds of shows is that they're encouraging you to lose weight as quickly as possible and it's not healthy.
3: Right. Yeah. That's been one of the criticisms I've heard about that show. Is you know that's not a good way to plan your diet. You need to actually have more of a longer, you know, lose less strategy. weight over a longer time, yeah. and you'll be more likely to keep it off.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay. So look at it this way: if you drink, if you go and exercise for an hour, you know, do whatever you do, you know, whatever most people do at the gym, and uh, and then you go and drink one Coke, you will have replenished all the all the, the calories. That you just worked off exercising. Dynamite is one calorie per gram. A chocolate chip cookie has five calories per gram of energy.
2: Yeah, but it's not as fast as a burn.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. You know that. That's why TNT is so cool. But, but yeah. So you 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 know you so you know if you think that uh, you're going to do all this exercising and then you're going to you know splurge because you did all this exercising, well, you 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 just you know you you just counteracted everything you just did.
2: You did worse and counteract it. You pretty much invalidated everything you did and did yourself a great deal of harm. That's in right.
0: Process. So sit on your butt, watch the TV, and don't drink the Coke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to detox diets, don't drink the Kool-Aid either.
0: That's right. Don't, especially don't drink the Kool-Aid. All right. But you know what? If you are down on energy, we have something for you. We can sell you the I Renew. Mac, tell us what you've got.
2: Okay. Well, this all started because I happened to be watching my watching my parents' TV. I was over there and visiting them, and a lot of things will come up, like medical medical diabetes commercials and things like that. And in the midst of this, this little gem with a company called iRenew. Their website buyirenew.com, and they showed how merely donning this cheapish-looking bracelet can cause you to have greater strength and greater balance than you've ever had before
0: right now this is called although
2: a- nobody's really quite sure how scientifically how the bracelet works because you know it's it's magic but <laughs> right.
0: okay it's called no no
2: no
3: okay. it's quantum and it's nano oh,
0: man and that's Ooh. the only thing
3: I, on the whole website if you try to find out how they the technology they they, they, they they use the word quantum at one point and they use the words nano
0: both of those They're, should be logical na- nano, fallacies
3: nano based biofield technology yeah, yeah. it's like that tells you nothing.
0: Okay, so this is applied kinesiology, and I put a link in, in the show notes that shows Richard Sonder showing how this stuff works. And basically, the way that these things work is that they, they they'll have you, you know, do a balance test. And when they do this, um like they'll have you stand on one arm or one, they'll have you stand on one arm, they'll have you stand on one leg and put your arm out. And then they'll push on the arm and they'll kind of push out away from your center of balance. And then when they put the bracelet on you, they will push on the arm and they'll push in towards your center of balance. So so you feel like, you know, it, it really did something. And, uh,
2: the, and in the video, it's actually very obvious. He makes it pretty clear that he is definitely changing the direction that he's pushing.
0: Right. And Jen it was very and I,
2: obvious to me, and I'm watching it going, oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Jen and I were playing with this I mean, I figured earlier. when I was
2: watching the commercial, I'm sorry. I figured when I was watching the commercial, all they were doing was applying less strength to make it seem like the person had better balance, but it's actually a lot more insidious than that.
0: Yeah, it is. And some of these people don't realize that they're doing it. And, of course, any effects, you know, that, that people feel, you know, because they're going to feel more energized when you show them this, they're going to feel like, oh, boy, I feel so much better. I mean, it's, it's pure placebo. There's nothing to show that it's anything more than a placebo. So.
3: Well, here, here's, here's the quantum one. Uh, they utilize quantum-based technology to harness the natural frequencies which are ever-present in our environment and use them to tune and rebalance your biofield back to a more natural, coherent state. <laughs> Yeah. I have no idea what well, the they used any all of
2: kinds of science-y words. Oh
0: yeah, well you know, yeah, but they used all <laughs> kinds
2: of science-y words.
0: There was a study that came out uh, this summer about the copper and magnetic bracelets uh, that they were using for pain management, and of course they showed these things to be nothing more than placebo. and uh, And this is right in the same in the same lines, except for they go even further by you know adding quantum to it and and trying to make it sound real fancy.
3: Yeah. And you look; these bracelets look just like the magnetic ones. That's the thing. You know, it's the same type of scam.
0: Well, yeah, but you just
3: add a bunch of.
2: But if the irony is not to your taste, you can also buy the same thing at mycprime.com for much more money, and actually join into a multi-level marketing scam on that.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
3: But they have more colors. If you look, C Prime has a lot more colors, true. a lot more variety. <laughs>
0: you know, here's the thing.
3: <laughs> so that you is get
0: very fashionable thoughts. The the iRenew does this appeal to authority where they tell you about how um sport, you know, sports people are using it and, and actors are using it. And all these famous people are using this thing to get more energy. And and I didn't see did, does the uh, the C Prime do the same kind of uh, viral marketing?
2: Uh, I think they actually use multi-level marketing. Okay. So they, they basically will sell you a they'll sell you the C Prime dealership, and you go out and sell C Prime yourself to people.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. But uh, I love the tagline in the commercial. They were talking about celebrities pay thousands of dollars for this, but you can get yours for nineteen ninety five. Right.
0: That was the I, I renew. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, I mean, basically, they
3: scam the it. celebrities better than they do you.
0: Well, but if they can scam one celebrity. Then, then that is. Then that, the rest will jump on the bandwagon. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't want to be left behind. And you don't want them to be to come out and say, this is bullshit.
2: You know what this Unless is? This is the new Kabbalah bracelet. This new, is the new, the new red string bracelet for Kabbalah.
0: Yep, absolutely. <laughs>
2: that's what it is.
0: Yeah. All right. So how do magnets work, Ian?
3: Uh, well, uh, they definitely don't work in altering your health.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um,. <laughs> Basically, um, these the magnetic bracelets, if all the research done has shown that if they have any effect, it would barely break your skin in the area the magnet is. Th- these things have no magnetic power to them, basically.
0: Right. And
3: you know, any possible impact to your whole body is purely placebo effect.
0: Yeah. Well, here's, and there's been plenty of studies done to prove this. So here's how this is. I mean, a lot of this is working. So people think because our blood has iron in it. That it must be magnetic. But the iron in our blood is, uh, is non-ferrous. It is not magnetic. And people are like, well, you know, well, then they compare it to, um, say, doing a, uh, an MRI. And the way that the MRI works is actually really interesting. Because it, it applies a heavy magnetic charge in one direction. And, and it causes all your neurons and everything to move into one direction. And what they're actually measuring is the rate at which these things come back into place. That's how they're getting their data. It's not from the magnet themselves. It's from the data that, that they take after the magnet is, is removed, and they watch the neurons come back into place. But if these things really did have an effect, can you imagine what an MRI would do to you?
3: Right. Yeah. If, if these small pieces would, of metal uh, can alter your body like that, the MRI should tear you apart.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't because...
3: Well, yeah,
2: but the nice thing is if the MRI was that effective, then they wouldn't really find a whole lot of you to actually sweep up.
0: So, yeah, so these magnetic therapies and a lot of these different things that people are doing are, once again, is working on the placebo effect. There's been no proven um, effect from these things. In fact, you know, the studies that have come out show them to be, you know, no better than placebo. And once again, even if these magnets are so weak and then after they, you know, wrap them in some sort of coating that makes them, you know, um, more palatable, um, they have no... the magic can't even penetrate the plastic half the time that they're wrapped in, much less, you know, mm. uh, your into skin. your skin.
3: Yeah. And yet, yeah, you see them. I remember at King's Pharmacy one day, they were promoting them you know, big time. The lady behind the counter was talking about how, oh, everyone's been swearing by these. And so, I'm like, look, looking at, like, 20 bucks for, you know, I couldn't imagine why people you know, a pharmacist would be promoting it.
0: I don't know either. Okay,
3: you know, I I know you're trying to make money, but you just ruined your whole credibility with me.
0: Well, but not with most people.
3: Yeah, too not with most people. Mm. A lot of people fall for it. It's a huge industry. It's saying what, thirty million dollars a year right now?
0: Is that really what is happening?
3: Wow. The worldwide magnetic therapy industry total sales are over a billion dollars a year, including thirty million dollars wow. per year in the United States alone. You know what? Three hundred million.
0: This this sucks because there is no money in skepticism. There is money in this in <laughs> woo in pseudosciences. There is money, but there is no money in skepticism. Yeah,
2: I tried Truth a magnet to therapy it. once. I just kept wanting to migrate north. <laughs>
0: so what does that explains why you flew south for the winter that one time
2: it does yeah (laughs) i follow the ways of the geese yeah um side note here uh speaking about placebo i was in vitamin cottage today and i happened to ask about some herbs because i believe that herbs certain herbs have effects on the body beneficial effects and the lady there started talking to me about homeopathy, and I immediately asked her if this was the homeopathy that was diluted down to the point where not even a molecule of the substance that it was being permeated with remained. And she said, well, you know, if you're not a believer, then you're not a believer. Oh,
0: <laughs> see, this is what... Oh, man. You know what? Here's the thing is that some herbs probably do work, but the ones that do, you know, we can show effects for. I mean, we know that stuff like... Um, Oh, what am I thinking of that they use for depression? Um, St. John's St. John's Wort works, right? We know that for mild depression, that it, it it can be as you know effective, just like you know some other drugs. But we also know that it has an incredible amount of uh, drug reactions with other drugs, and that it really should be um, prescribed and monitored by the um, by the FDA. I mean, it it should, yeah. much like any other medicine. All these herbs and everything should should be going through the FDA before they're put on the market. But my problem is, is that many of these things get put onto the market and they're dangerous. I mean, in Chinese herbs we're seeing heavy metals and we're also seeing that, you know, that that they put these herbs and then they'll actually hey, put some of the prescription drugs in them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We can just detox when when we're done with your Chinese herbs and all, and you get all the heavy metals and toxins out of them, you can just detox and get rid of that. This sounds like circular reasoning to me.
3: It'll make a bunch of scam artists a lot of money.
0: So Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I felt much better when you hurt yourself the other day.
2: <laughs> what a segue.
0: You, did you like that? I did. All right. Let's and talk that, about of
2: course, leads us into
0: uh, schadenfreude. the
2: psychology-sociology section. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found some stuff about crab mentality and schadenfreude.
0: Now, I love this. Explain, to, explain what schadenfreude is.
2: Schadenfreude literally means delight in the misery of others. Or happiness at shame, essentially, is how the German translates. And, essentially, it's the feeling... Um, it's the feeling it's of satisfaction Rush you Limbar- get when somebody gets... Go ahead.
3: It's Rush saying he hopes Obama
2: fails. Right. It's the, it's the satisfied feeling you get when you see somebody in a fancy, expensive car pulled over by a police officer. And you're driving a second-hand Yugo. <laughs> it's the feeling that... It's the feeling that uh, you get watching Jerry Springer. It's the feeling that you get watching cops. It's the feeling that something is happening, somebody is getting their comeuppance, and they deserve it on some level.
0: It's the, I'm glad I'm not that guy effect.
3: No, it is the, I'm glad
2: not. I'm not that guy effect. No? But there's I, I
3: don't Twitter. necessarily agree with that.
0: You don't think it's that?
3: The, the, the I'm glad I'm not that guy effect... Is oh, okay, so like you're right. You're, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, the guy's no, it's in like, you're it's just, like, just saying, yeah. well, I'm glad I'm not in trouble myself. It's like, I'm not not, I don't you're think okay. that's the same thing.
0: Okay. And no, you're right. It's not. You're right. I, I'm wrong there. No, it, it's more It's more the, you know, I, I, I see this guy get, you know, hit by a train, and I, it's like, you know, he deserved that because that guy was out selling alternative medicine to people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um. And they, they did a study... Where they found that increasing the body's levels of oxytocin, in this case through inhaled oxytocin, increasing the body's levels of oxytocin also increased that feeling of schadenfreude. So it's a, it's apparent, or it's at least the indications are that it's a chemical process.
0: Sure. Now, what
2: takes place within the body?
0: But wasn't this the was this the same study that was also used that they showed with oxytocin that they showed that that if you it gave that to men, that it also made them more. Um, uh, more like one. They made them want to cuddle. Essentially, is this the same study?
2: I'm, I'm not sure if that was the same study or not. I, I thought didn't that see was that oxy- information
0: wasn't that there. oxytocin that they did that with too, and they showed that when you did gave that to men, that it made them more. um Then it could also make them more emotional and more, you know, and more sympathetic. Hmm. Or is that serotonin? I was thinking about that when I was, listening, when I was reading that, that, that I thought the article showed that uh, it, it made men more, more sympathetic. But maybe it wasn't oxytocin, maybe it was something else.
2: It's interesting, though. I spent some time talking to people about schadenfreude these past two weeks, and in almost every case, they didn't want to admit to feelings of schadenfreude. Oh, no, I don't, I don't get happy when others are, are <laughs> given misery. I'm not made happy about that. And then you give them an example, and they're like, "Okay, well, maybe, yeah."
0: Yeah. No, I, I here. This is one of these guilty pleasure things because you right. know yeah. that it's that it in the back of your mind is wrong to you know to basically do the happy dance when you see somebody else getting a ticket. You know, particularly the guy that just you know blew past you on the highway, and then you see him get you know pulled over and given a ticket. I mean, it, it's hard not to you know to kind of rejoice in that, but yet you you do feel guilty about it too
2: we all came up up in the first place because uh, we had a neighbor who moved out and we were talking about the fact that his business is in bad shape and might fail, and I said, well, you know, I I don't wish him any ill,
0: and And then my wife said, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Yeah. But
2: uh, when researching schadenfreude, I also came across the concept of crab mentality, which is... Also also known as crabs in a bucket. Basically, if you've got a bunch of crabs in a bucket, if they were to work together, they could easily escape the bucket. But what happens when one crab reaches the rim is the rest of the crabs reach up and pull the crab back down. And it's also stated as, we like to see our neighbors get ahead, but not too far.
0: Yeah. Well, I, also, I like that, you know, um, if I can't have it, no one can. Right. Yep. So.
2: They uh, they cited the example of Aesop's fable about the dog in the manger. Uh, dog went to sleep in a manger. When the dog woke up, and the animals on the farm were trying to eat from the manger, the dog barked and scared them off because even though he couldn't eat the hay, he didn't want anybody else having it either.
0: Right. See, so same kinds of things. What's the so, uh, what's this uh, green eyed monster?
2: Oh, just some links I found regarding Schadenfreude.
0: That looks like it's on Medscape, though. I, you have to use your login for that.
2: I just found the link. Uh, I
0: have, I know I have a login for Medscape, but uh, that's, where, that's where that one points to is Medscape. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The Green Eye Monster one.
3: They asked me for a login. I don't have a login, so I wasn't yeah.
0: worried oh, I, about it. Yeah, I have a login, but I don't. I have to look it up. See, what's this other one? Shade of Schadenfreude? Shades of Schadenfreude? Uh, yeah,
2: Shades of Schadenfreude. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I found the link on Google and just put it in there. Didn't realize that it was going to...
0: You didn't read the article?
2: Well I did read the article. I just oh. didn't realize it was gonna block anybody else on the way in.
0: <laughs> no, okay. I read the
2: article and I thought, Oh, that's a good article.
0: Medscape is free, all you gotta do is register. No big deal. And actually if you if whenever you know, I found a lot of good um good stuff on Medscape, actually. It's it's worth it's worth putting building the login for that.
2: Anyway, the shades of Schadenfreude were talking is talking about the fact that
0: men seem to
2: get a higher sense of pleasure at seeing revenge exacted.
0: Yeah, it, you know what? It said that on the Wikipedia article, too. So basically, men are jerks? Well, yeah, but we knew that.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you evolved that way.
0: Yeah, there's a study that proves that already. <laughs> Asking any woman. Yep. All right. Well, are we about to. Is that about it, guys? Looks like it. I
3: think it's about it. For the night. So, yeah, yeah and remember, you can find us on Facebook, The Amateur Skeptics.
0: Where else could they Can find us on Some of us are on Twitter I'm a curio geek We're all on Twitter Yeah yep. we're on So there And of course You know Send us those emails If you are listening You know Just send us a quick email Say hey You know we like this show Or hey We think the show sucks Let us know What you think And if there's something In particular You'd like to see us uh, Investigate or talk about Hey Come talk to us We'd love to have you do that Alright good night, guys
2: Anything else That's
0: Uh another one up on the site. Up on the site. Yeah. (laughs) In the can. We
1: done. All right. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to amateurskeptics.com to send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults. Feel free to contact us at wtf at amateurskeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website.
0: Music for this podcast was provided by OMG. For more information about OMG, go to their website at myspace.com forward slash OMG HQ. The Amateur Skeptics This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, share alike, no derivatives, 3.0 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please do not edit or change the file.